Hello, everyone. I would like to preface this interview by saying something very important that I know is a fundamental upstream solution which will solve many of our downstream issues. Many of us are wondering, how can we optimize civilization's sense-making? What kind of communications architectures are optimal to catalyze love, wisdom, harmony, and sustainable growth? The answer that you'll find in this episode is simply emotionally intelligent conversation. By giving David the space to express his worldview, we together came up with excellent solutions for sense-making on the topic. There was no name-calling. There was no yelling. There was no anger. There was no ego. There was just genuine, authentic, sincere inquiry into perspective. You'll find us uncover and strategize on two solutions to how we can make sense on this topic as a civilization. I will go ahead and explain them here because they fascinate me and can help us harmonize as a society. Flat Earth cartography has Antarctica as an outer ring surrounding the continents. There have been efforts from independent teams to explore this, but they have not come to fruition. In creating two business models around Antarctica tourism, we can quickly provide all humans that are interested with a front row seat to experiential knowledge of the truth of our home. Number one, flights over Antarctica. From South America to Australia, from South Africa to New Zealand. How fun would it be to have David Weiss on a plane with Neil deGrasse Tyson and an unbiased film crew? Number two, ships cruise around Antarctica with the shoreline in sight. Cruise around it yourself or have a loved one and you take two boats to cruise around it and meet. There are already some projects which are actualizing these goals. There are always empathetic, wise, loving, scientific, experiential upstream solutions. It is up to us to be intelligent enough to identify these and implement them. This sense-making synchronicity was recorded on the winter solstice. All life is beautiful art. Develop the faculties to see it. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Atlas. Super excited to be talking about all things Flat Earth. We have David Weiss joining us. Hi, David. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Excited for the discussion. Likewise. Very excited. And you have a lot of great visuals that you'll be sharing with us as well, which I'm really looking forward to unpacking with you. All right. Yeah. And as you know, our show is very deeply rooted in metaphysics and consciousness, the nature of reality. So I'd like to start things off by asking you about that, and then we'll get into some of the flat earth stuff. So what do you think the nature of existence is all about? Why does reality exist? 
That's such a big question, man. <laughs> um, you know, the whole the whole metaphysical look at reality and simulation theory makes so much more sense on a flat earth. It works on a flat earth. It doesn't work on a spinning rock ball, you know, space rocket world um, that happened by random, you know, random explosion. So why does it exist? I believe it exists for our soul's journey. I believe we are here in our avatars having a soul's journey and that our number one rule, the number one mission is to maintain control of our soul and not sell it. And so we're here to expand consciousness. And, you know, those people that get lost, that get fooled into giving up their souls in the soul lure system, they get fished away. Um, they have really hard lives. They, they get become unhealthy. They become lost. They become depressed. Remember the scene at the beginning of The Matrix, the documentary with Keanu Reeves, right? Where he... Uh, I love how you call it a documentary. <laughs> he, um, at the beginning, he was like depressed. He's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. There's something out there. And he didn't know what he was looking for. I, I truly believe that um, the, the, the globe lie, I call it, is the reason that many people are depressed because their inner core, their soul knows the truth. They're deep down inside. The truth is there, but they can't see it. So they're not aligning with their soul and they become depressed and, and all different things happen. When you're depressed, you go off the, off the path. So, you know, I've seen people discover the flat earth and everything, everything changed for me. I've seen people become happier. I see people in really tough life situations that are so happy. They're so happy, you know, cause you know that it's not about the material world, the material world. And don't get me wrong. I love my material. Everyone loves a little good, little material, you know, it's comfort, comforting. You know, those headphones are nice. It's the material. <laughs> um, but people, uh, people get lost in that. And uh, when you understand who you are, where you are and what you are, more so than on a spinning ball, you're, um, I have a lot better foundation and, and you're a lot happier. How's that for an answer? Yeah, there, there definitely seems to be a perennial wisdom around the unity of all being in existence, whether we talk about it like a God or a source, and that we undergo the process as that we are that and then we do this exploration of phenomenology an exploration of all these different states of consciousness that possibly exist and that this reality is one design this is one creation design and then we immerse ourselves in these soul vehicles so this is another this is just one design of a soul vehicle and then we undergo this explorative process and that we've infinitely and eternally been doing this and we will continue doing it because you can never come to an end of exploring infinite states of consciousness, infinite phenomenological possibility. So that seems to be what is one of the prominent metaphysical ways of thinking right now. And another aspect to it that I thought was interesting was that whether it be flat earth or whether it be 
any sort of way of living that is sort of outside of the quote matrix, as you talked about. I just think that that generally is an uplifting way of living life, which is basically, I'm going to say enough of the economic machinery that is in many ways desacralizing life. And it, I, I want to feel like I'm a divine being. I don't want to work 40 hours every week from nine to five doing something that I don't love. And so we need to sort of work our way over time into a civilizational architecture that is more around the, the unleashing of the unique gift of every single soul in a way that is aligned with their highest potential and their highest actualization. And so that's something else that we're very adamant about um, talking about on the show. So whatever, whatever it is in terms of that sort of thinking, it's all outside of the matrix is, is kind of the point for me there. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at um, what we're doing here, why we're here, there's something and, and it's all, maybe it's just the duality of it where there's a evil for, I'll use the word evil that is trying to lure our souls away. They use the soul lure system, as I said, and um, maybe that's necessary for the contrast. It know? is. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you, and 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 I believe uh, wholeheartedly that we chose to be here during this time to have this ride. Totally. 2020 has been a, an amazing year for me because yeah. yeah. two things that I really love. Roller coasters and puzzles. Yeah, okay? there you go. That's this. Yeah, that's this. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, the world's falling apart. There's people that have no idea what's coming down the pike here, and and they're 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 basically just lost. But it's fascinating to watch, and and because I'm aware of this journey that we're on, I see the bigger picture. At least that's the way I see it. And uh, um. You know, I, there's no fear or anything. You know, when I, since I discovered Flat Earth, I've lost all fear of everything. Because most of the big fears, you know, they have that the, the mainstream media pushes out from, you know, nuclear bombs and asteroids. And, you know, th th those are fake. Both of those are fake. I don't know if you're aware of that. Nuclear bombs don't exist and neither do asteroids. This is, these are on my list to, to talk to you about. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, um, let's hit this also from a little bit of a chronological perspective and we'll keep revisiting this on a it's all going to sure. be very metaphysical and consciousness driven as well but so in terms of a chronology to this process walk us through what were those kind of pivotal moments for you that unlocked this sort of way of thinking as you were growing up so well growing up i always questioned everything and I was in uh, kindergarten, first grade or whatever. And during, uh, they brought us outside. We always, you know, I was so excited to go outside, you know, and the teacher was teaching us about gravity. And uh, this is like first grade, I think it was kindergarten, you know, and uh, the teacher had a bucket of water on a rope and he swung the water around. And he said, this is great. He got it going, he's spinning around and now he's going full circles and the water's going in there and he goes, that's gravity. Okay. And I said to the teacher, I go, I, I, when he was done, I said, but if we're on a ball and the water's on the ball and it's spinning, don't you have to turn the bucket around the other way? 
right? So the water's on the outside and not on the inside. And the teacher goes like this. He goes, he's got a big beard. He goes, he goes, that's a good question. He goes, he goes, that's the way I was told to teach it. That's why I have to teach it. But you keep asking questions. That's what he told me. And I remember that. That was like my earliest memory of school. So that kind of started me off going, all right, he's teaching it because that's how he has to teach it, even though it makes no sense. So I always, I, that was disillusioned that school from that point on with school, jumping flat all the way forward, you know, through, the, through my adult life. I just saw so much deception in the world. And what really got me into it was, I don't know, about 20 years ago, I said, what the heck is money? What is money? And I started looking into money. Yeah, fiat is another huge way into, yeah. And, but the whole decentralization and cryptocurrency revolution is fantastic. That's, happening. that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm big on crypto. Yeah, the creature um, of Jekyll Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. And so so um, just in a nutshell real quick, you know, I worked in corporate America and we, uh, my buddy and I, we were, we would always be like talking about stuff in the lunchroom and people would gather around. It turned out to the point like where I walked in the lunchroom, like, yeah, they're here. And there was a whole group of people and <clears throat> we're talking about, you know, Federal Reserve, other deceptions. Then I ended up doing a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, where we dove, dove into all of the big deceptions of the world. And then in the third year, People started sending me flat earth stuff like, hey, have you looked into flat earth? I'm like, get out of here. And I banned people from our social media for even for suggesting such a thing, just being so stupid. Leave me alone. I'm not going to watch your stupid video. And then I was forced to by a, a researcher that I trust very much. Um, I said to her, I said, there's so much deception in the world. It's mind blowing. Uh, literally, we're, there was some, you know, fake plane crashed for something that happened. And she goes, oh, David, it's worse than that. I think the earth might be flat. And I'm like, get out of town. So then I just said, all right, that's it. I'm going to prove the globe. I'm not going to debunk flat earth. Flat earth is stupid. I'm going to prove the globe, which will debunk flat earth. And then uh, two weeks later, I came out the other side. And I'm like, oh, boy, well, there's a problem. And here I am. I, I've left my own. I had my own company. I left my company. I'm doing this full time now. It's insanity. It's, it's amazing. And spiritually, energetically, life is so amazing right now. You know, in the end, people go, what difference does the shape of the earth make? I still have to go to work tomorrow. You know, what difference does it make? Well, it's not the shape that matters. It's the lie that matters. It's about hiding the spiritual journey that you're on. They don't want you to know that your thoughts create your reality. They don't want you to know that they have no power over you. They can't make you do anything. You just believe it. And then it's true if you believe it. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to unpacking all of these core concepts more. Yeah, there's a lot of importance to the understanding of consciousness creates reality. And the idea of future authoring is something that's deep in the psychology psychological literature and it's also deep in the self-help literature and the self-actualization literature it's super important and it has a deep amount of synthesis to do with physicalism especially given what we're trying to understand about quantum mechanics and our relationship with that so super fascinating and then now let's let's unpack some of these core concepts because 
you started us off with gravity. Gravity seems to be one that is a core concept here. So normally what we think is we think that the earth is spherical, that all of the normal sort of concepts around the solar system itself, and also the fact that the gravitational pull from the core of the earth is what is the process of what's creating that sort of that style of space-time fabric as Einstein would say and that sort of curvature that is created from the earth and then that sort of that sort of heaviness at the center of the core that's pulling things down so yeah so walk us through what your thoughts are about gravity then yeah, so all, all of that is pseudoscience. It's amazing. And, and when, once you see it, you're like, wow, how did I ever believe that? And the thing is, we're trusting human beings and that we'd like to trust people, especially people that are in places of authority, teachers and, you know, whatever. So gravity, according to mainstream science, according to the high priest of mainstream science, Neil deGrasse Tyson, is just a theory. They don't know what it is. Every experiment they tried to do that with mass attracting mass has failed. It hasn't done anything. As a matter of fact, the whole solar system, the, gra the amount of gravity doesn't work, so they have to add dark matter into it, okay? Dark matter has never been seen, it's never been tested, but it has to exist because gravity doesn't work without dark matter. So that's equivalent of saying, hey, hey, um, Atlas, I owe you a hundred bucks. Here's $4 and then I'm gonna Venmo you 96 dark dollars. You can't see them, but they're there. You have to trust me. Yeah, that's the percentage <laughs> approximately is, yeah. That's five, the percentage five percent of dark matter, is, and it still yeah. doesn't work. NASA well, including dark energy, yeah. Dark yeah, energy and dark matter, yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, so, so there's something. There's energy, there's ether, you know, and that's why they introduced Einstein to get rid of the ether and bring in his, his the relativity stuff. Um, but um, the, NASA has a thing called the three-body problem. Okay, and what that is, is they can create a, um, a supercomputer model. They got a ball and that ball um, has a certain amount of gravity. And then they can create another ball, the earth, you know, and set it in a orbit and it works beautifully. It works perfect, okay? And it, it'll go for years and years and years and it'd be predictable and they know exactly what it's gonna be. Then you add a third body, another, planet, moon, whatever, of any size, and put it in orbit around one of those beings, one of those things, and the entire thing falls apart. It goes random, it never repeats itself, and it's over. That's with three bodies. Our solar system has like 80 bodies in it with all the moons. They keep changing it, right? It would, it would be like a beehive that you kicked, okay? But if you go out tonight and look at the stars at 10 o'clock or any time and mark where the stars are next year at this time, 10 years from now at the same time on the same night, those stars will be in the exact same position. The sky clock is a perfect clock. It has gears, just like, you know, in a fine watch. Um, the wheels in the sky keep on turning. So think about this. The, the, the earth is falling around the sun. That's, that's what it's doing. You know, the sun's pulling it, but it's moving sideways so fast that it keeps missing the sun and orbiting. That's what an orbit supposedly is. Mm -hmm. The moon is falling around the earth. What happens when the moon gets in between the sun and the earth? How come the sun's gravity doesn't pull it away? Okay, or at least tug it just a little bit. How about when all the planets align, like right now, Jupiter and Saturn are on top of each other, but no, nothing's getting pulled out of its orbit. 
It's because gravity is a mess. So real quick, I'll just tell you what gravity is on the flat earth. The earth is, and the only true forces that we know of are electricity and magnetism and their brother and sister, they go together. The earth is a dielectric plane and it has a measurable negative charge to it, measurable. And that negative charge establishes a down. It says, okay, I'm gonna pull this piece of dust down, this piece of metal, whatever. It is, attracts, it's a very weak force, just like they say gravity is a weak force, but it could hold oceans and cruise ships upside down in Australia. Um, it establishes a down and then buoyancy and density sort everything else out. We can do dozens of experiments with electromagnets, electricity where, and, and magnetism where we can defy, defy gravity or defy electromagnetism. We're defying electromagnetism. We could take, you ever see those little triangle tinfoil things that people make and they electrify them and they float the air, right? Electricity and magnetism. So that's what gravity is. And the only true direction is down you know, down and up, you know, left and right don't matter because if I turn around, left changes directions. Forward and backwards don't matter because if I turn around, my backwards is now forwards. But up and down are always up and down. And they're not, not up isn't in, in Australia one way and in North America another way. You know, up is up and down is down. Typically, that graphic behind you, the way that we've understood it is that there's a uh, astrodynamics that are occurring between the celestial bodies that enable them to stay in such positions and that over a period of what we hypothesize as several several billion years of evolution that life evolved on our rock on our earth and that gave us the ability and that's why we think that the solar system is so sacred in a sense because it has this like unique celestial body composition that enables it to be stable enough for a planet in the habitable zone to evolve sentience that then can reflect on the nature of its existence. So a lot of this information comes from NASA, right? You with me? So let's, let's just for a couple minutes, cause we can do a whole show on this, just deconstruct NASA. Cause I'm gonna show you that NASA are liars and therefore you're gonna have to discount anything that you ever hear from NASA, every single thing. So um, what planet is this? This is Jupiter, right? So in 2016, NASA goes, look, we got this picture of the Northern Lights on, on Jupiter. That's amazing, right? And of course we said, that's fake, okay? But how do we prove it's fake? Well, we really can't prove it's fake because it could be real if, it, if there were Northern Lights there. Maybe they do look like that. Maybe that's a time-lapse picture. But we're told that Jupiter is made of gases and storms and these rings are these bands are actually spinning in opposite directions, these things. And this storm right here is, you know, spinning and spinning. And these are turbulence coming off the storm. Well, these pictures were taken two years apart. If you overlay them over each other, they're exactly the same. Every single dot is exactly the same. You know, like this little dot right here, it's right here. It's right there. Everything's the same. That proves to you that NASA's lying when they show us stuff like this. Did you see, ever seen the recent picture of Pluto, the planet? Yeah, we had some of the leads on that project on the, on the show, yeah. Yeah, so this, no, this is-, is That's kind of that's cute, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that shit's hilarious. <laughs> the spacecraft. Yeah. So, yeah. so NASA I, for, Also, us. for those that don't know, David has said that NASA and Disney are the same company. 
Uh, they they work together. They're both Hollywood, you know, studios. Okay, okay. I don't know who, who's guessing. This is funny as shit. I might be ruffling some feathers, but I'm just showing you information. You got to make up your own mind. But because I think it was the Cassini spacecraft. It could be a different one. It's flying by. At like oh, six, that's sorry. That's the New Horizons, the one that went to okay. yeah Pluto. Yeah, yeah. So New Horizons is the one. All right. Thank you for correcting yeah, yeah, me. I've yeah. been saying Cassini. So it yeah. doesn't matter. Cassini is, Cassini is Saturn, and then New Horizons is Pluto, yeah. New Horizons, thank you. But it's flying by at 60,000 miles an hour. From the distance Pluto is from the sun, the sun is like a, almost like a star. So how is Pluto that bright? How did they get a perfect full Pluto, you know, like a full moon, full Pluto picture, and send it back to Earth? I mean, let's just assume they have amazing Wi-Fi up there. But it's, this, it's got Pluto the dog on it. Not enough to say that's definitely Pluto, but it's ridiculous. And Pluto the dog was created the same year that Pluto the planet was um, was made. What, people say, well, what about what about photos of Earth? Here are two photos of Earth from NASA. Okay, this look at the size of the United States here, and this one, the United States is rolled backwards a little bit, so it should be smaller, but it's twice the size. Okay, I know they're at a different angle. But this one, like if I, if I took this one and rolled it back, it gets smaller. It doesn't get bigger, okay? This one's bigger and is rolled back. This is fake. NASA admits it's fake. Their, their artist, um, what's his name? Uh, whatever his name, I, I space on his name. But the guy that created, uh, uh, Robert Simmons, he created the blue marble picture that's on everyone's iPhone when it first came out. And if you look, these clouds are stepped and repeated. He admits in an interview that he made it from data in Photoshop. And people will still argue that this is a photo of Earth. And he says, it's, he admits that it's not. But there are no photos of Earth, right? And let me ask you a question. If you went to the moon, you were the first guy on the moon, and you brought a golf cart and golf clubs, and you dune buggied around the moon, you played golf, and you successfully made it back to Earth, and you had a press conference. Would you look like that? Would you, would you be that excited? These guys look like their dog was just shot, okay? This is the press conference when they got back from the moon, and the only excuse the NASA fanboys have is they were tired. They just got back from the moon where they played golf and rode a dune buggy and talked to President Nixon on the telephone with no delay, okay? You know, President Nixon talked to them from the White House and there was no delay on the call. And meanwhile, you know, Felix Baumgarten, when he did his Red Bull jump at 127,000 feet, they could barely communicate with him in 20... 05 versus 1967 where they can talk to the moon i can go on all day i could show you video after video after video of nasa faking being in space but you only need one of these things that i that i've showed you um to know that they're that they're lying and then once you realize that they're lying you have to unwind unwind that um and and realize what it means So I'm very curious about what the idea of space then means, because 
there appears to be so much that's occurring in 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 space in terms of you know you have that hoax shirt on and that we have a supposed international space station that is somewhere around um, 250 or so miles up that is orbiting the earth every approximately um, 90 or so minutes and so there's a uh, a crew of people that are supposedly there that are undergoing scientific uh, research. There's also supposedly a tremendous amount of satellites that exist in orbit, um, low earth orbit, um, all of the different orbits that provide us with a lot of the, a lot of the communicational infrastructures that we need as a planet in order to be able to talk to each other or uh, the, or for GPS purposes. So then if, you know, if we're not sending up satellites via rockets that are then staying in orbit around a sphere um, or, you know, or even in this case with the, with the, International Space Station over there, or what the rocket companies around the planet are doing, you know, what are those, you know, rocket companies doing? What, how do we have satellites that enable us to communicate or, or what is your perspective on those things then? So that's, that's a lot to unpack there. So we don't believe that satellites exist. We know that NASA is the largest consumer of helium in the world. And they have many balloon programs um, and they put up, you know, 8,000 pound satellites on these balloons that orbit the earth, that float over the earth and they can control them by their, by remotely controlling their height into different wind currents <clears throat> and they can keep them um, wherever they need to. So there's tens of thousands of these things up there. They crashed all over the earth and they're quickly retrieved. Um, we've talked to military guys that, uh, that had the, talk about how they recover these balloons in midair before they crash. Um, so why doesn't NASA tell us about these balloon programs? I mean, we fund them. We give them $65 million every single day of the year. Okay. And it goes up every year, $65 million a day. What have they done? They've lied to us. Um, so, you know, that's what satellites are. GPS ground positioning system. Um, only works when you're near land. When you fly to Hawaii from California, you go into approximated mode. As soon as you're 100, 200 miles offshore, the, it no longer sees the plane. It just calculates where you are. When you fly over the Amazon jungle, there is no GPS. When you fly over the Southern Oceans, there's no GPS. Okay? So um, the ISS, I was trying to, I have a video, but I, I, I guess I didn't upload it, um, where we have not one, not two, not 10, but thousands of um, videos of them faking floating on the ISS, faking moving things around when they're flipping their mics around and playing with water balls. That's done in, uh, with pure CGI with, uh, with um, um, you know, some of it's CGI. Sometimes they do it in a zero G plane when they have recorded stuff, but they're playing with virtual reality. They're, we have an image where they actually went to pass a hat and he missed it and he moved, he thought he had it, but it didn't go. We have them when they do their flips, their wires get tangled, their feet get caught in the wires. One time a guy grabbed the wire and pulled it. The other times the, 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 their layering effects screwed up and we could see their harnesses. 
right? You have to catch them once faking being on the ISS to know there's a problem. Green screen glitches where they totally, you know, glitz out, um, all sorts of stuff, you know. And then now with their fake rocket landings, look at these. This is a movie from the 1950s, and this is supposedly happening now, okay? That, that it's going to show again. This rocket here, there's 10-foot waves out there. You couldn't stand on that boat. This thing is 40 tons empty coming out of the sky, and that little bit of fire is going to land it right on that raft in 20 knots of wind, okay? This is a fantasy. None of this stuff is real. It, it's, it goes on and on and on, but you only need one thing to prove that these guys are lying. And now you may have guests on your show. Um, they don't know that they're lying. They are satellite technicians. They are um, control room, people in the control room. One of the guys you know, in the, in the NASA control room says, we do so many simulations that are so realistic that we can't tell the difference between a simulation and the real mission. Because that's kind of like what reality is in many ways, yes. but you can't really tell the difference. That's why this already is that. It's so interesting. Here, this will this will melt your brain. This is the 2012 shot of the you know from space. Of course, they got a full Earth, like a full moon, and you can see the United States right here. Well, I've represented the, on the map here of all the lands of Earth what we're seeing on this half of the ball. You have to believe that all of this land, all of the rest of it is on the other side of that ball. Somebody didn't get their proportions right. All of this land is on the other side of this ball. That's not right. This is a painting. They're lying to you about space. So what is space, right? What is space? <laughs> you wanna know? I, yeah, well, let's uh, let's let's ask one question right before we get to this, which yeah. is that now one of the big sort of ways of also viewing these topics is to, as we take it from a very macro level view, is that we sort of aim to understand well when you when you ask the simple question about what is money. Right. Even that question is so profoundly important to ask ourselves, and especially as children growing up in the world. And how can we have an exchange of value that is more abundant and more around our flourishing and less around something that can be so easily corrupted and have these perverse incentives like we're experiencing today? And so you kind of begin to wonder, well, you know, how many people know about the perverse incentives around the fiat currencies and how many of them are involved in, in that process? And then you can maybe ask a similar question about what happened on September 11, 2001. And you can ask a similar question and wonder, you know, what actually happened then? And what may be some of the perverse incentives that are involved in order to uh, create financial or lucrative uh, abundance for a certain small class of people involved there and what that sort of triggered geopolitically afterward, after that event. And then finally, sort of the way to tie it in is like with what you're talking about regarding flat earth and space is something similar would have to be happening where you would basically have a 
a small percentage of people. In this case, I'm just looking at some of the numbers. It looks like there's about 17,000 people that are employed at NASA, and there's about eight. There's about eight thousand. Hold on. Who well, gave just, you that number? Who well, gave just, you the Hold on. Who just, reports the number that you just got? NASA gave you that number. Yeah. There. Well, that's just that's just the number from from specifically from NASA. But we've also. I just want to also say that we've interviewed. I don't know. Maybe a couple dozen people that are involved in the astrophysics industries across these different organizations. And that's a very small amount of the total amount of people that actually are employed there. And then I just want to say the SpaceX number is about eight thousand employees. And then you have to extrapolate even more because there's the European Space Agency. There's a lot of space agencies around the world that have thousands of employees. So just basically my point would be that there would in a sense have to be um, potentially tens of thousands of people around the world that are in a sense uh, behind something that are, uh, that are either, I don't know how aware they would have to be about uh, whether or not this is actually something that is um, at the top of that sort of hierarchy of 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 not knowing that this is actually what's what's going you. on that's a lot of people and that's that'd be yeah go ahead that, yeah go ahead that's, that's a belief that you have you believe that there's that many people working for these agencies i believe it's a small fraction of that number and i believe that lots of that fraction have no idea because it's all compartmentalized okay only the people at the very top of very few people will know but I don't believe that SpaceX has these thousands of kids working there. It, it's not true. It's not true. I know dozens of kids that tried to get a job there that had high academic records and stuff. And they all got turned down. Not one of them got a job there. Okay. You know, this over the last few years, um, NASA, you know, I don't believe that there's nearly that number. I think there's a couple hundred people maybe that work there. I, I don't know the exact number, um, but they do need people because they got to fake stuff. Um, all of the rocket launches we see are a deception. They're, they're, a, they're a trick. They're really a trick. Um, nothing goes to space. You know, if you watch a NASA rocket go from Florida, it goes up, it curves out over the Bermuda Triangle, it's out of sight. The smoke trail stops after just like a minute and it's gone and no one ever sees it again. And you just see cartoons after that. Okay. In Arizona, there was a, uh, a private group of rocket enthusiasts that made their own rocket called the go fast rocket. And they had a camera on the side and a camera. God, where did all my videos go? I thought I had, I thought I had some of these videos and they're gone. Um, had a camera on the side and a camera on the top and it shot up and went up 73 miles in like no time, spinning really fast. And all of a sudden it went kerplunk into a viscous liquid. Okay. A viscous medium. Okay. Not as thick as water, but it went into something. It stopped spinning. It started floating and it turned on its side and you could see the moon go right. You saw the moon. Okay. Well, the moon was over Australia at that very moment. Okay. Ball earth, Arizona, Australia's down here, okay? And it saw the moon like it was looking across a flat plane, okay? The horizon is flat. Everything we see is above the earth within the system. 
the first page of the Bible, not that I'm a Bible guy, but my co-host is, says God separated the waters from the waters and made the firmament. Werner von Braun on his gravestone, all it says is Psalm 19:1, and that's about that's that's the the where it talks about the firmament. God made you know made separated the waters from the waters. You know, if you look at NASA, everything they say is nautical terms. You know, spaceships and the, everything they talk about it's all nautical terms about space. And when they want to go to outer space, I say the outer space is out there. It's out, it's out, out there. It's out beyond the shoreline of Antarctica. There could be other worlds across the earth plane in the outer spaces. Like here we live and there's other continents out here. And some speculate, um, there's a guy named Martin Kenny uh, who talks about the cosmic egg theory. And he thinks that Mars and Venus are a sun and a moon out here. And they circle around. And if you do an experiment with a glass dome and you have a distant sun, it looks like a star inside our dome, just like we see the wandering star that we call Mars. It's amazing stuff. Again, we don't have all the answers, but when you look, there is no curvature. Large bodies of water at rest lay flat, okay? And we can see too far. We can take their globe mass Maybe before we move on, because this is, I think it's just helpful for people to unpack what the understanding of the flat earth is. Is it then the case that this is the kind of idea of there being an, this is called like the Antarctic basin and there being some sort of an ice wall of Antarctica around the entire. So yeah, if you can unpack this. Yeah. So, so think of what a pond is. A pond is a, gathering of water at the low spot of a land of land right small pond, a puddle you know go it goes to the low spot right a pond is just a big puddle right and the shoreline of the pond is the land that's higher than the water surface right because if you lowered the end of the, the water would flow out and go to another low spot but but if there was some if you had a pond and there was some big bumps in the pond that were higher than the water you'd have some islands right you with me Mm. Nod, tell me you're with me. Otherwise, I'll this explain is, it. I, I think one of the most fascinating aspects to this is the fact that there's no independent exploration allowed beyond the. Yeah, well, that's one of the. Go, we're gonna go that's there. one of the most fascinating aspects to this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 check this out. When if you get on a boat and go to England or go to Australia or just go to the you know, next town over, you pull up to the shoreline and you climb out of the boat and you walk away, right? Well, when you get to Antarctica, you can't do that because the land is 200 feet over your head. Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. They don't tell us that in school. We live in the Antarctic basin. Antarctica is not higher than Mount Everest, though. There's mountains in Antarctica that go higher than Mount Everest, right? But the, the land itself is higher than any other land on Earth. Any, you know, any shorelines. The shoreline of Antarctica is higher than any other shoreline on Earth. Okay, so it's you, you hypothesize that it's this massive ice wall that is very high. It's not a wall. It's the shore. It's the, it's it's, the shore. The shore, but it's very high. It's yeah, very but high. it's not a wall like the Game of Thrones where you could jump off the Earth. 
Okay, it's not that 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 that's yeah. all. Mind I see. Here it looks like there's a big landmass, is what you say, is 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 beyond that ice. Uh, uh, basically, I'm just showing you this is our world pond. We live here. This pink line is the 60th parallel, um, and there's no exploration beyond that line. You're not allowed to bring any fuel beyond that line. It's still hundreds of miles from the shoreline of Antarctica. So you know you can. What would happen? What would happen if I went to the tip of South America and then went on an expedition with many resources down to Antarctica? The military would stop you and threaten to sink you and arrest you. And it's which happened. which which military? United, United Nations. I mean, they're not standing there holding hands, you know, making a circle all the way around like people will will hypothesize, you know trying to gaslight you but they're they can see you know the you if you go they you will be stopped and again it takes a lot of resources you need millions of dollars and if you want to um if you want to go independently explore you can file some permits you can file for a permit it'll cost you a minimum of two hundred thousand dollars you will get denied and they will keep the money there's no returns okay they make it impossible to explore but going back to the just the pond here so this is the pond and the magnetic north is at the center and you can go around, as I was talking about before, you can circumnavigate, um, I think I was talking about it, you can circumnavigate east or west um, around, you, you, that's how you circumnavigate. Billions of people have gone east or west and gone all the way around to the far east and come all the way back around and ended up in New York and they started in California, right? You can go either way, but what nobody has ever done is gone, you know, you can also go, you can also go north and end up on the other side. But if you go in a straight line and don't compensate for your compass, you end up going south and you hit Antarctica, no matter where you go. Okay. You, if you want to go east or west, you have to constantly turn. If you're going west, you have to turn to the right. If you want to go east, you have to turn to the left and you make a circle equidistant from the center. But if you go south, you just go away and never come back. And you don't pop up on the other side. No one's ever circumnavigated south. Isn't that weird? So no one's ever flown an airplane over Antarctica? No, you can go over Antarctica a little bit, but they turn around. So there was a guy, um, I think it's, it's called the Z pilot, right? And he got the world record <clears throat> for circumnavigation. He went, you know, from the north, he went down, he came out down to, you know, the east coast, went to these islands, went over, went to Santiago, then he went to Antarctica, and then he turned around and came back. And he went all the way up and around, and he got the world record from Guinness for circumnavigation. Let me show you what that looks like on a flat earth map. It looks like that. Does that look like circumnavigating a sphere? Absolutely not. The fact that they won the world record for the first circumnavigation by Guinness tells you that there's deception going on, massive deception. Okay. You know, did, uh, did we look at flight routes yet? We didn't look at flight routes. We so, haven't done flight routes yet. Yeah. When you want to fly. Is, that's an interesting question though. Just flying an airplane over Antarctica, just going quote. No one's done it. Going no quote south. And right. The, yeah. If you were, if you wanted to go from Santiago, Chile, which is at the bottom of the ball, and Australia is at the bottom of the ball over here, all you got to do is go across Antarctica, right? 
and but they don't they they don't go they they or or just stay at like 50 degrees south and go around the short part of the ball but they don't do that either when they want to go to antarctica they go they go where do they go they go all they go from it from santiago chile they go all the way up to um here we go they go all the way up to the united states they cut across and then they go all the way back down so so up across and then down to australia that's how they go they show you this big arch but if you look at that same path on a flat earth map it's a straight line airplanes fly over the earth plane in straight lines interesting right yeah there's a lot that is uh is here that's 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 interesting to think about for sure yeah yeah, so so let's let's um is that enough on uh Antarctica where were we? Well, on Antarctica. Um we could shift gears a little bit. What was what was what is the quote firmament in the flat earth? Yeah, the firmament is the dome, is what they call the is divine as the dome above us. And what is the dome? Is it energetic? Is it glass? Is it frozen? Um, I don't know. I can't go there, it's off limits. You know, is it layer? Is it you know, far enough away from the Earth where the electric static charge doesn't pull down, and and it has its own electrostatic charge? Um, that explains what sprites are and and how lightning works. Um, it's it's all very interesting, but again, I don't like looking up at the sky trying to figure out what shape the floor is. You know, look at the lights in your ceiling and tell me what shape your floor is. Makes no sense. You know, people say. Well, the moon is a sphere, so the Earth is a sphere. Are these spheres? Are these spherical moons? Is that a sphere, the first one? No, it's a it's cup. Is the next one a sphere? Is this one a sphere before she touches it? Looks like a sphere, right? Is it a sphere? Not a sphere, right? Is this one a sphere? What I'm saying is you don't know what's up in the sky and even if they are spheres it doesn't matter you know because you don't know what you're seeing do you know what i'm saying so if the moon is a sphere and it kind of looks spherical to me if you ask me and if you look at saturn it really looks spherical but it's not what they're telling us it's not this massive body 238,000 miles away you know it's its own light that has phases venus has its phases it's the same thing as the moon um Saturn is its own light. The rings, they, they're the same brightness as the planet, and they're supposed to be bits of ice floating in space. It's crazy. Crazy. Is Jupiter look spherical? Does it? Does it even look like Jupiter? Because it's not. It's a, it's a meadow with ducks in it. <laughs> our mind sees what it wants to see <laughs> sorry to do that to you but it, that, i like that one <laughs> i i was i was checking out why the planes aren't flying over antarctica there are restrictions on aircrafts yeah they, they can make up rules all all day long it's too cold it's too dangerous if they crashed it's too remote and it would cost too much to uh, go there. You know, why don't they fly from Santiago across 
you know, Easter Island's in the middle there. They, there's plenty of places to stop. Planes take longer flights over uh, open ocean than that, but they don't do that either because you can't, because that's not how the earth is laid, laid out. There's a book called, you can get it for free, the ebook, or you can get the coffee table book if you want to flat smack anybody that comes to your house. Um, it's called uh, 16 Flights, 16 Emergency Landings That Prove Flat Earth. And it shows um, flight routes where like a flight was coming from Indonesia going to California with Hawaii right in the middle there. And just halfway to Hawaii, um, a woman had a baby or someone had a heart attack or something and they needed to land. So the plane could have turned around. It could have landed in Hawaii. It could have gone to California, but it didn't. It went to Alaska. Okay. Um, that makes zero sense, except if you look at it on a flat earth, it's a straight line and Alaska was the next landmass. Okay. There's so many of these emergency landings where flights go thousands of miles out of their way for the emergency landing. But then if you draw the actual route over flat earth, it made perfect sense. It's the closest airport. What's going on in the firmament? I'm, uh, what is that then if it's not a there's astrodynamics that are occurring with the solar system orbiting around the black hole in the center of the Milky Way and that when we look up we see all the other celestial bodies and that the sun those suns over there are the starlight that we see what what's going on in that firmament if it's uh, in in the flat earth Atlas we're going to unpack some stuff today and you're going to have a lot of stuff to deal with because, and I, and by the way, I was you, trust me, you're going to have to realize that you've been deceived on what black holes are. Who told you about black holes? The liars at NASA did. Okay. Who told you about all of the stuff that you just mentioned? The liars at NASA did. Okay. This is, this is unbelievable. I took four years of astronomy in college. I was the man. I was so good at it. The girls came, would study with me. They loved me because I knew the stuff. Pseudoscience. It's all pseudoscience. This is the star Arcturus. Our optics, our consumer optics have outgrown their lives. This is just zooming in on Arcturus. Okay? This is Capella. Okay? It's a little out of focus, but look at these cymatic patterns. I believe that these stars are sentient in nature. Okay. We actually had Rupert Sheldrake on the show and he specifically mentioned the sentience of stars, which I thought it was just an interesting point to mention along the way. Are you, are you um, a believer in astrology? Oh, uh, well, one of the crazy thoughts about that is that it's always interesting hearing kind of the hardcore uh, scientists that, for some reason believe that like it's possible that the moon although it uh has the effect that it does on the oceans as they say that yeah, it that it for, that it for some reason would not have that effect on the human body which is composed of approximately 60% or whatnot, water. The so tides yeah. are not related to the moon. It's provable. It's not related to the moon. You know, we have a big high tide when there's a full moon. I think that's because the moon is powered up. Now, when we have a new moon, the moon's not powered up and we don't have a giant tide. 
but the moon is still there. It just doesn't have sunlight reflecting off of it, according to the heliocentric model. The moon's still there. Why isn't there a high tide? Okay. Here's the official story. Here's the earth. Here's the moon. And the, there's a high tide right here because the moon is pulling on those waters. There's also a high tide on the other side. The official story for that is the moon is pulling on the waters and it's also pulling the earth away from the water on the other side. That's the most, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, it's nonsense. And the tides don't correlate with the moons. There's tidal nodes all over the place. Okay, I, I, there's, there's, uh, we have videos on the app that'll show you about the tidal nodes, um, how these tides work. Tides in the north are way bigger than tides at the equator. The opposite should be true because the moon and the sun are in between the two tropics. So that's where the biggest tidal bulges should be. But you know, like in the Maldives, there's like a less than a foot tide. In Alaska, there's a 30 foot tide, okay? None of that makes any sense on a, on a spinning ball earth, none of it. And, and so then what's the case here with the optics when you look up at the firmament? What are we, what are we seeing? So we're seeing, whatever we're seeing, the only thing that we can honestly say about any of the things we see in the sky other than known airplanes are their lights, their luminaries. We don't know how big they are. We don't know how far they are. We can't prove it. Um, and you can only speculate, okay? This is, uh, this is the star, um, what's, what star is this? This is uh, Sirius, right? This is not what NASA shows us. Each of these stars have their own, like, personality and they have these geometric cymatic patterns and colors it's insane yeah okay? um so i love that that's great yeah, yeah, yeah. but so yeah. but then the hypothesis is that you're saying that in what in that firmament that you're saying that we don't know how actually far away that that is you can't just measure the quote light the distance that the light traveled and then so, say that it's that many light years away there's no such thing as a light year. So the other thing is the, um, the how does that work about astrology? I used to laugh at astrology. How could, you know, Jupiter's conjunction with Saturn affect me? It's 25 million miles away. It's a rock in space. What difference does it make? Or it's gases. How's that going to affect me? Well, what if I told you it was within the earth system? It's a stone's throw away. It's energetic. It's uh, magnetic. It's they're named after gods. Mm. Okay. Mm hmm. Maybe stars are souls and the wandering stars are, are angels, gods, I don't know, right? But they're, all of that makes more sense. You know, maybe our, our true souls live, you know, in the stars and we come and then we have these experience here. Maybe the stars are the souls. I mean, the, without your soul, you, you basically die, right? But that's the light, you know, the energy in our bodies. Um, I, it's all tied together. I don't believe humans can live off of the earth or far from it. I don't believe anyone's gotten over, I don't know, less than 200,000 feet, I think. I don't know. I mean, there was, a, I, when I was a kid, they were test, doing test pilots, you know, where they were talking about on the news, the, you know, when they're getting ready to go to the, or it, it was actually before I was a kid, but um, they talked about these test pilots flying you know these planes super high and they were saying that they pass out they could see through their eyelids they they 
They couldn't think, you know, because they're too far away from this electric earth. We're part of the earth system, right? We can't be away from it, in my opinion. This, this is this matrix reality that we're in. It's, it's wild. And then you also mentioned that the, oh, may, maybe this would be a good one to sort of go to next. I think you were mentioning it, but we didn't really get to talk about it. We actually talked about this a little bit with uh, Joshua Earp on the show, who ended up unpacking some of his thoughts around this space as well. And then that's how I believe somebody that was watching the interview introduced us and then recommended that we have you on the show. And that one of the things that Joshua was mentioning that it looks like we can maybe talk to you about as well a little bit here is that sort of idea of that what we what we what we become familiar with as a curvature, but in this case, it is a very sort of flat. And you kind of had that image up earlier where there was that flat with you had a star that was sort of orbiting it on up from the top. Maybe you can yeah bring that back and sort of explain um, yeah so explain kind of how the, di the those those quote astrodynamics would work in the flat Earth. So the, what you're seeing there is the sun and the moon um, circling around. Uh, there's a full moon because it's uh, diametrically opposed to, um, to the earth. Let me, let me show you. Well, so the question is, how does that sun and moon float in the sky? How does it? I don't believe the sun and the moon that we see are physical. Here's a, a little experiment I did. This is a glass dome on top of a white rug, a fluffy rug. And I'm moving a pen light across level with the ground across and you watch inside the dome, you'll see this little sun and it goes down. Now it's going to come back in a second and it never goes below the bottom. It just stops right there and it just fades away as the light goes away. So here comes the light again and it's hard to see on the video, but it's inside. There's a, there's a, like a sphere inside there and then it goes away. Watch it'll stop right at the bottom and then it fades away to nothing. Okay, Here, here's the, the same thing. Um, this is a little flat earth model and there's a sun floating in the middle in there. What is that, right? Well, the real sun is above the firmament and I'm just holding a, a light above the firmament and spinning it around and we're seeing this crazy thing in the sky so, um, fl so flat earth is layered where you have a firmament that's above the flat earth. And then you have a, you have the celestial, like the sun is above the firmament is don't what know. The don't sun know. could be within the firmament. It could be above the firmament. It could be projected from the North pole, like a, like the planetarium projects everything from the North, from the center. Okay. It could be what we don't have access <clears throat> to there either. So um, let me show you a, a, a real world example of what I'm, what I'm talking about. So <clears throat> this is the sun. I have my drone. It's a super, super clear day. And this is super zoomed in. So it's a little fuzzy. And I watched the sun go from here, way up, way up here. It took five minutes. It went down, 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 down. And then it stopped right at this horizon. And it sat there for 10 minutes. Now, this is sped up like 2,500%. Watch. It doesn't go down, it stopped 
which proves the earth isn't spinning. And then it just, watch, it doesn't go below. It just fades into the thickness. I'm going to zoom out a little bit. You'll see it again. It sat there for 10 minutes, and then it just faded out. This is a super clear, zero humidity day. It was cold, um, no humidity, crystal clear. And it just fades away. Now, the sun's still there, but it just can't push through the thickness of the atmosphere. I call it the, the atmospheric density. And this line right here, that, that horizon that we see is not the ground. That's just the atmospheric density level that becomes opaque. And it looks like it's the ground just due to perspective. If you see clouds above your head, you know, they're spotted puff, puffy, fluffy clouds at five, 10,000 feet, whatever they are, 25 miles away over the water, they're touching the water. They literally become the same horizon and you can't tell the difference. So if I have a sun up, you know, here, here's this atmospheric deck of opacity above your eye level. And I, I've got a sun and the sun just goes away. It's not going down, but it looks like it's setting. And this line here looks like it's the horizon. So literally, you know, if I do it here, watch, you're gonna, it's not gonna set because it's not above your eye level. But when it's above your eye level, it sets. It's all due to atmosphere. Now, in the, in the app, let me, let me show you real quick in the app how the, the two-minute run-through of the Flat Earth model. You okay with that? Yeah, let's see it in the app. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you're, um, you're, you're not only the founder and host of the Flat Earth podcast, but also the creator of the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. So this is what we're looking at. It's on, is this on iOS and Android both? It, it is. It is. I'll give you a link to put in the description. Okay. Um, so this is the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. Um, and so remember, we live in the Antarctic Basin. I'm going to go into settings here and let me just put a more descriptive background. These are just decorative backgrounds. So there, there's Antarctica, right? Whatever. I, I, like, I like that one. It's actually not Antarctica, but it's, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So there's the, the world pond right here. And the sky is a perfect clock. It's not a beehive that doesn't work. It's a perfect clock. So the, the sun goes around once every 24 hours, okay? And it laps the moon once, I'll, I'll speed it up, it laps the moon once every 28 days. So you'll see after a couple more times around, um, it, it laps the moon and the moon will be full when it's opposed to the sun at 180 degrees. Now, if you look at where the sun is right now, it's over that outer yellow line and that's the Tropic of Capricorn. I'll slow it down so you don't get dizzy, all right? It's over the Tropic of Capricorn. It's actually exactly over the Tropic of Capricorn today because we're at the winter solstice, December 21st. Six months later, it'll migrate inwards to the Tropic of Cancer. So in June, it's now June 22nd, it's over the Tropic of Cancer. Now we live in the inner mm. Northern lands. Mm. We live in the inner Northern lands. So in June, it's our summer mm -hmm. and the outer, the outer lands, the outer Southern lands have their winter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see how you're modeling this. Yeah, I see how you're modeling this. Yeah. All right. So this is how it works, and I'm going, to, I'm going to prove to you that I'm right, okay? So right now, it's December 21st. It's the middle of our winter, and it's the height of, the, of Australia's summer. It's brutally hot in Australia because the sun is right over them, right? So the sun, wherever the sun is, it's 12 noon, ready? It's 12 noon now in Western Australia, okay? And 
So wherever the sun is on this, it's, it's 12 noon. So if I turn on the stars, these are all the zodiacal stars. And right now we're in between two, uh, two um, zodiac signs. And the, the zodiac spins slightly faster than the sun. That it'll, it takes a full year for the zodiac to lap the sun. So the sun is going to move into, what is this? What are we going to, the Taurus, whatever. Um, and then the next month, it'll move over to the next one. The next month, it'll be in Pisces, right? The, because this will take a full year. It spins with the sun, but it's going slightly faster. And that's how the sun is in, um, in its sign for, 12, for, uh, for a month, you know, all 12 signs. The moon itself will move in and out of signs every couple of days, so it'll show you where the moon is also. Um, let me turn, off, turn that off and I'll turn on the world time. So this is how time zones work. Right now, it's like 10.30 in the morning in Eastern Australia, okay? It's noon in New Zealand. You can't see New Zealand, but it's right under the sun, right? It's um, 7.30 in the East Coast right here, okay? So this, this ring here spins with the sun and that tells you what time it is in all of those lands, right? I'll turn that off. Um, and the, um, what else are we gonna show you on here? Oh yeah, so, so the question is, you'll, you'll say, well, what about, and you hit the question mark, and you say, you know, um, what about circumnavigation? I think we talked about that. You know, what, what about seasons? We, 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 I just showed you how seasons work. You know, what about Southern flights? We talked about that, you know, or why the lie? And if you click any one of these, up comes what Google will never give you. These are the videos that will tell you all about it. Like if you search Flat Earth, you're gonna get the Flat Earth Society. You're gonna get a bunch of junk. If you search, hey, Flat Earth, anything that has Flat Earth in it, new, every day they load, they, they load hundreds of new crap videos to gatekeep you, to make you go, oh, this is stupid. There's nonsense, there's fighting. It's just, it's just garbage. So all of your questions are answered here. This is the, the web page. We have stuff on mud floods and um, all sorts of stuff. But what, what's going to happen is when you Google Flat Earth, you're going to get Nat Geo saying, oh, we went to the Salton Sea and they did an experiment there and we proved curvature. No, they didn't. They, they lied and we basically in the middle one down here, debunking the debunkers, all of the hit pieces done by them we don't just take them and go, they're lying. We show you how they're faking it. Clearly, not even a question. We show you that National Geographic is lying, that you know, the, the Omni is lying, that, that uh, they, they're, they're lying about all of the stuff. So if you catch them lying, something's wrong. We have different languages, playlists in different languages. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of other things the app does. It's got a, it's, it takes you to dark sky if you click the weather. Um, but here's what I tell people. If you think Flat Earth is stupid, if you think NASA is in any way real, okay, take the daily app challenge, the daily featured video app challenge. Every day, a new video will show up here. You click it and it brings you to the daily video, short ones during the week, longer ones on the weekend. Um, and just watch it every day for two weeks, one video a day for two weeks, right? It doesn't take much time while you're having breakfast, whatever. And guaranteed by the end of that two weeks, you will know a lot more than you know now. And here's what happens. People will say, hey, I, Dave, I saw you on Atlas's show. You really pissed me off. And I bought your stupid app for $2.99, the half a beer. 
and I didn't want to wait every day. So I clicked the archive button. And what that does is it brings you to all of the videos listed by month for the last couple of years. And they go, I haven't slept in two days. I don't know what to do with myself. You know, there's something wrong with the globe. What do I do? And I'm like, welcome to flat earth. Um, if we hit the compass button, this is how a compass works on flat earth as, as I was telling you. If you go east, if you go west from here, you go west, it's 270 degrees, dead reckoning brings you all the way around and back. East brings you all the way around and back. Going north from the United States, north, 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 south, south, now I'm going south, right? And I'm going in a straight line. None of those three things proves that the earth is a globe or flat because you can do them on both. What proves that the earth is not a globe is nobody goes from South America and pops up in Australia or you know, from, from uh, Johannesburg and pops up in New Zealand. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. If the earth was a globe, it'd be done all the time, right? That would, that's probably one of my favorite experiments from our conversation that I would love for us to conduct. Um, a couple of years ago, they said, there, you can be the first that we're going to book a, fl a flight across uh, Antarctica. It's going to go to Australia from Santiago. And they sold tickets. People paid like $10,000 a ticket. And it was going to be a historic thing. And they built it up. They built it up. They built it up. They got everyone's money. And then it disappeared. And they never did it. So that, yeah, this is, this would be probably my, one of my favorite, like interesting and also simple. It's not that difficult in the sense of just bringing the videography equipment and then going on um, a flight uh, and then just capturing the entirety of the process. And, and that's probably one of the easiest ways to leverage that sort of scientific methodological process to um, validate said um uh, c concepts about the world that we live in. I think that's a, that's a really, that's a really kind of like first principled one is take the flight for uh, fly from uh, South Africa or from South America and uh, go over Antarctica. And um, that's a, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Atlas, I like it too. No one's ever done it. No one will ever do it. The earth is flat. It's a moot point. It's a great argument. We should um, do it. We should do it. You, you can't do it. They won't allow you to do it. People have tried. Well, we should. Thought, we, we should, yeah. It would be great because then we, we would know. We should also go to the moon. Why don't we just go to the moon? We apparently are again, which is fantastic. And that's, when, in 2025? What they, how far did they kick it down the road this time? Something like that. It's, it's apparently it's a very difficult project. You know, we're just 1% uh, genetically different than our fellow chimpanzees. So it's, yeah, it's well, how come they're still chimpanzees? How come they didn't evolve? How, what, during our lives, how, what animal has turned into another animal? <laughs> okay. Well, humans are, I mean, humans are what, like a hundred thousand modern, you know, years old. So we, are we, we, we 5,000 years old or are we less? Here's the thing. You can't prove anything before the 1900s. It's all, all of our history is, um, is, is, uh, is a lie. You know, the, the, the transcontinental railroads weren't built. They were excavated. Okay. They were excavated. They were here before this round of civilization. 
okay? There was an advanced civilization on the app, under the web button, bottom right corner, mud floods, Tataria, bring food and water if you click that button because you're not coming out for a long time, okay? <laughs> bring food and water. Here's the thing, my friend. There's so much that you, you're gonna have to realize that anything you hear from NASA, anytime you hear anything from NASA, anything with the, with the country North Korea in it, or anything with the word nuclear bombs in it, you have to discount it 100%. Oh yeah, thank you for bringing this back up. So then what is your perspective about both the uh, nuclear bombs and also- Hiroshima and Nagasaki? And, and North Korea. And also, yeah, I mean, we talk in modernity, we use the number that there's approximately over 10,000 nuclear bombs that are mostly owned by the United States and Russia Who today. told you that? Who told you that? The guys on the news? The government? The guys that are here for our, our health? The guys that, that don't want to control us? They don't want us to be in fear, do they? The whole nuclear bombs do not exist. So let's talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki real quick. So that there's this approximate- There's no such thing as a nuclear bomb, period. So this okay? Now, so what happened here's in the proof we have a nuclear bomb. What about 1945? What, what was your, what's that? I'm sorry, what, you cut out for a second. What, what was your perspective about the 1945 droppings of the nuclear weapons on Hiroshima, in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Yeah. Okay. So after those, those bombs went off, no reporters were allowed to report what was going on there. Only one reporter that was a government controlled reporter was allowed to report. Anyone else taking pictures or reporting was jailed. Okay. So that's interesting. Did you know that after those bombs went off, three days later, the trains were running, the flower shops were selling flowers on the street, the stores were open, and people went back to work. Three days after those bombs went off, okay? There's video of them stock piling up pallets and pallets and pallets of TNT at ground zero prior to the explosion, okay? Nuclear bombs don't exist, period. They don't exist. There's no such thing as a nuclear bomb. It's all just to build up the, the war machine, keep us in fear, because if you are lost in space, living in fear of asteroids and nuclear bombs, you are powerless and you give your power away willingly. You lose control of your life, and that's what they want. This is a spiritual war. They want control of your soul and they're going to scare the shit out of you to give it up. Okay. North Korea. Kim Jong-un is not the leader of North Korea. North Korea is nothing like they tell us. Kim Jong-un is a mental patient from an institution who can, can barely talk. They get him to clap in front of a green screen and it's Kim and, he, and, and they show you all of these troops and missiles and you zoom in on those uh, high resolution pictures of the troops they're the same troops stepped and repeated again and again and again it's all fake there are no rockets that go into space there are no intercontinental ballistic missiles there is there are like cruise missiles that's cool it goes i don't know a couple hundred miles maybe but that's it a lot to unpack I don't want you to, so here's the thing. If you want to learn about nuclear bombs, there's one show that you have to watch. Crow 777 Radio, Crow with two R's. Crow 777 Radio, go to his website, crow777radio.com with two R's and look up the nuclear bomb hoax video. Um, 
there's there are two hour shows. Hour one is free. You don't have to pay for it. Um, and that's a, just just listen to that first hour, and you will know that there's no such thing as nuclear bombs. You also know that North Korea doesn't exist. Oh, that it just doesn't exist. It's there, but it's not the country that they're telling you. It's probably where the elite go, and you know, have who knows what they're doing over there. It's a land that we have no access to. You have no. You don't see anything. Any, you remember when Dennis Rodman went there? It was a bunch of guys in front of computers that didn't even know what they were doing, okay? They didn't show anything. Go find footage of Kim Jong-un doing anything intelligent that proves that he's anything above a fifth grade mental patient, okay? There's nothing, right? And he's the guy that's, you know, keeping the world at bay. It's just to scare us. Yeah, all of what you were saying about fear is extremely important. We kind of talked about that metaphysically throughout the program, that in a sense, the creation is a perfect harmonic flux between two poles as they sort of ascend in a process of, of evolution and unfoldment. And it's sort of that's one of the greatest symbols that's ever been made, which is the yin and yang. And then if you sort of add in that that electromagnetism like a helical coil and you add a strange attractor at the top which is like a godhead which is what we're evolving towards as a complex system that what you've identified repeatedly is sort of the that darkness which keeps people in fear and in many ways that is what people even ones that are potentially not associated with flat earth they very clearly know many of them that there are there there is some sort of a deeper fear propaganda structure that exists that keeps people asleep to their full awakening and their full actualized potential and their full ability to to build an architect a more abundant and prosperous future for absolutely everybody that doesn't have some sort of a short-term gratification fulfilling self-dealing ego driven processes but rather ones that are very deeply light love wisdom based inclusive stakeholding shared equity for people around the planet and so that's uh, definitely something that we talk about on the program a lot and sort of helping people realize that we are the ones that must be that those light architects and go in that direction away from that fear and so it's interesting to hear your thoughts about nuclear weapons and north korea as well in this process all about fear there's nothing to fear so you know yep <laughs> You have to give up a lot. Um, it seems like you're giving up a lot when you accept the facts that we're on a flat stationary plane. Like all of we've been programmed our whole lives from before we can talk with ball, you know, Sesame Street and all the kids programming. It's all ball programming. Werner von Braun and NASA astronauts are on Sesame Street. There, you go to school, you get a globe, Rockefeller funded globe at the front of every class, you know, global news. Universal picture with their spinning globe, everything is just programming. And then all of the movies, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, Battlestar Galactica, well, who loves, everyone loves space. So you're, you're caught in here and then aliens. Well, there's gotta be aliens. You know, that's the big debate. Well, I believe there's extraterrestrials. They come from the extra terra beyond Antarctica. 
the extra land, territory, extraterrestrials, okay? They don't travel trillions of miles and then come here and crash in Roswell. They're coming from beyond Antarctica, okay? Um, and that's it. I mean, or they'd be coming from lands out in the Southern Oceans that we can't get to because GPS makes you go this way and GPS makes you go that way. And East and West are circles. So you, there's swaths of ocean that nobody ever goes in. Remember the- This is gonna be the best, I think, project to do is sort of fund a, an, an, a, video, a very well-documented uh, video of a crew um, that is non-biased uh, to go on this expedition over uh, Antarctica in a flight. And that would be a very important piece of content in the sense of whether it be supporting either one of these or debunking either one of these. You can do it. You would wipe out the flat earth movement. It would be over. God bless you but you can't do it because it doesn't exist. That's, so that's, that's very fascinating that we got to this point on the conversation though. Yeah. One, of, one of the heads of the flat earth movement, David Weiss says that if we can scientifically, non-biased, provably, provably undergo this process maybe we even put david in the actual flight along with scientists and people that are non-biased you know this type of thing they tried to do that they had it and that they, they they had a flight planned then they started putting restrictions on no scientific equipment is allowed on the airplane right and then people you know a bunch of flat earthers actually a few flat earthers paid for the trip they were going to go on and and they were going to bring you know, compasses and all sorts of, you know, and, and, and other gyros and stuff. They stole all the money. They canceled the flight. They're like, there's no way we're going to do this, right? That flight was to prove the, that they were going to fake it and, and make people believe that it was done. But when Flat Earthers infiltrated it, they canceled the whole thing. Here's a simpler one that, uh, that you could try to do, but it would never work, is Antarctica is an island, you know, a continent at the bottom of the ball. You get two ships that can see the shoreline of Antarctica and they go in opposite directions. One goes to the right, one goes to the left. Always keeping the shoreline in view and 7,000 miles later, they should meet. Mm. They won't because it's like 60,000 miles around, right? Remember, the equator is only 24,000 miles So around. that's another interesting experiment. So now there's two. I, that's another interesting one. So if they both, so if you start both of these two ships, larger ships, let's say we bring these similar crews on board, each of them. Yeah. As uh, long as you keep Antarctica in, in, uh, in sight. Yes, keep Antarctica in sight as both yep. ships go the opposite direction. Yep. And then technically, they should meet here on on the other. miles later yeah right. yeah 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 that's i love these two experiments i'm telling you this is this is what this i'm telling you this is the whole point of our show simulation the entire point of our show is to do exactly what you and i just got to so it right. requires it requires uh people to not be dogmatic first of all it requires people to not be fundamentalist because in this case I have a level of, in this case, it's called a mirror consciousness as an interviewer. And so I'm willing to 
undergo a high emotional intelligence process of going through an hour of dialectic with you in a loving and compassionate way to unfold sort of what your worldview is. And then what we get to is a very fascinating, scientifically, methodologically process that we can undergo two. There's two options to undergo here. Let's do both, which would be even better to do both of these that would then provide our, our world with another uh, augmented understanding of what is the true nature of our existence. And so I think this is extremely beautiful and important, and I'm really glad that we got here together. And this is going to be something that I now passionately embark on as one of the many projects that's in our, in our trains that are, that are rolling that we're putting fuel into because to get the planet to want to fund these two ways of understanding the nature of of our existence. And like you said, David Weiss even said it here on the show. He said that if those two projects go through and that they prove uh, what the models that exist today say is true, then the whole flat earth society would be wiped out, which is very interesting that he said that. Yeah. We're not the flat earth society, but yes, they'd be wiped what do you, out. What do, you, what do you call it? It's just the flat earth. Flat earth researchers. Yeah, flat researchers. earth society is controlled definition. Controlled oh, opposition. Okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, not the, they'd be wiped yeah. out too. So they'd be wiped out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So it's just it, yeah, flat earth researchers. There you go. There you go. And I was, I was looking up the numbers as well in terms of if some of these numbers are true in terms of having somewhere around maybe maybe 10% of people in the United States that think that um, the spherical earth model is maybe there's 10 million people in the U S that don't think the spherical earth model is, is correct. Or maybe there's potentially even a hundred million people around the planet that don't believe the spherical earth model is correct. And so what we could do is by running these experiments, we can actually have a significant amount of people around the planet potentially, um, undergo a process of, wow, now that I've seen these two experiments and maybe we even create a part, a process of people like, like you were saying, a roller coaster ride in a sense for people to go on these flights or on these ships to be able to see it themselves. That way it's no longer. So we can actually make the proper businesses around this to even make these things sustainable. And I think that's really interesting and, and important from the heart to do this type of stuff. All right, Atlas, I think I, we got to wrap it up. I'm, I got another interview in five minutes. Oh, so. oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, beautiful. Wow. What a cool ending, David. Yeah, this is so interesting. I really I, appreciate you a lot. All right. And you, you got a lot of thinking to do because when you unpack this stuff, sometimes you got to, <laughs> people say, it doesn't matter what we show you, Flat Earthers, you're never willing to change your mind. Well, guess what? We changed our mind. We believed in the globe our entire lives. And we were able to put that away. I will change my mind based on new good information okay show me the good information i've been doing it for six years i've been asking people show me one proof one reason that you believe you live on a globe and the only thing i get is oh, so i was taught in school you know pictures in the i saw it on tv you know that that's not a proof one proof of the globe nobody can come up with one and then people i go don't you think that's weird that you can't come up with one they're like, well, I still believe the earth is a globe, right? 
and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the, this this come up with one. Anyway, wait. Yeah, here's, this, here's, here's what I'm telling people: come up with one. Get my app. That, hit the question mark. That's what and, we did. Your answer. The question is answered in there. Guaranteed. This is this is what we did at the end of the show. Is we got to a process that would enable people to experientially, not even based on information that they read online, but experientially undergo either that ship or that flight process that would then experientially anchor that style of thought process within them. Okay, let's wrap. So thank you everybody for tuning in. We greatly appreciate you. Um, what an interesting. Uh, episode that we had with Dave. Thank you for coming on the program. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. We would love to hear from you about some of the things that we were learning. And also, if like the video, let's get this video some more reach. Subscribe if you haven't to the channel. Also share the video with more people so that more people can learn about this and also the solutions that we're proposing, which is super interesting. And support you can support Dave, you can support us. Our links are all in the bio below. Support us, help us flourish, manifest our goals, and manifest your own dreams into the world as well. And the other scientists, entrepreneurs, engineers, spiritual leaders, artists in your communities, help them flourish as well. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you soon, everyone. Much love. See ya. Peace.